Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning again. This is Terry Wickstrom broadcasting from our home studios in Fort Collins. And let's go right to the phones as we are joined by Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well, my friend. These are interesting times. <laughs> that is for sure. That is for sure. Um, but then we're trying to keep people. You know what we're really trying to do on the show today, Nate, and we probably will for the next few weeks. There's there's still lots of great outdoor activities. Most of the parks are open and boating and fishing from shore. But we're trying to uh, you know keep people updated on what they can do, but also advise them to make sure they do it responsibly so we don't have to close these places. I mean, I mean, that's it, Terry. That's what I think the biggest thing here is. Uh, I mean, obviously, this time of year, there's so much going on. There's ice fishing. There's open water. There's turkey approaching. Um, so I think there is a ton of activities, and it's hard. You know, you get nice weather, and obviously, we all want to kind of get into that, that normal routine of going fishing, going hunting, doing all of the things that we do. Um, but like you said, being responsible with it is everything. Obviously, uh, I'd say they're trying to do everything they can to, to make sure that we can keep enjoying these outdoor activities. Uh, but, you know, if all of a sudden everybody's grouped up, everybody is kind of, you know, defying what we're supposed to be doing, um, I think that's when we're going to see more closures. Um, you know, so it's hard, but, you know, you want to go on your boat, keep it to one or two people where you can keep that distance spread out. Um, you know, all of these type activities, make sure you do them, uh, you know, within the guidelines. Uh, just so all these resources stay open. Because, again, as, uh, you know, I think we saw it this last week, uh, we saw a lot of people parking at trailheads, you know, very group-oriented type stuff, um, and that got shut down. We had a lot of backcountry skiing that was very grouped up that got shut down this week. Um, so, again, I think uh, I think doing it, like you said, with respect and really following the guidelines, I think we'll be able to keep uh, kind of enjoying these outdoor activities. Uh, but, again, maybe now's the time, uh, you know, to go out there and experience stuff for yourself or with, uh, with you know, with one other person, things like that, um, where you can, again, follow those guidelines i think you're absolutely right and a few states have already shut down their waterways and fishing so we don't want that to happen because you know i'm a firm believer that getting out in the water is very therapeutic at trying times it it gives you a chance to reflect and i talk about the bonding and the memories you can create with friends and relatives but sometimes that quiet time can be the best and you and i both know being in the industry because we grew up fishing and I know you grew up watching me fish. You don't have to bring that up. But, <laughs> but, but um, we grew up, and sometimes when you get in the industry, you lose sight of those times we used to go out by ourselves where we could just experiment, where we weren't on camera or on Facebook or, or we weren't, you know, with a bunch of people. And we could try different things and just relax and putz around and explore. And uh, I think it's be a great time to get back to some of that, Nate. Absolutely. I think that I think you're, you're definitely right. Because again, everything for us, uh, I don't want to say work because our work is our pleasure. It is our passion. It is our hobby. Um, you know, so we really co-mingle all those things. But again, um, you're just getting out there and just, yeah, enjoying it for what it is. And I think, uh, you know, obviously boating is here. I know I spent, uh, you know, a lot of the week breaking in my boat, just out there by myself, driving around, uh, you know, prop testing. But, you know, now this time of year is one of those times of year, you know, luckily, um, that so much of the, the fishing that we're doing on the boat can can also be done from shore. Um, so, you know, if let's just say, you know, you're going out there by yourself, you know, if you're alone, 
I think it's a great time to go out there, boat, catch some fish, enjoy it. Um, but if you do want that, you know, that association with friends, um, I think if you want to go fishing with other individuals, I think the shore access is amazing right now to where everybody drives individually. You know, you're not carpooling. Everybody meet at the lake in their own vehicles. And, and to hit the shoreline right now, whether it's on a river, whether it's on a reservoir, um, you know, where you guys can all stand 15, 20 feet apart, that's like the ideal situation right now. Um, you know, that low light period for walleyes right now is incredible. Um, I mean, I'm seeing a ton of giant walleyes. I mean, you know, 30 plus inch fish um, that are getting caught daily from shore. Um, you know, so if you're going to go to any of our walleye waters, we have a ton of accessibility. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously not setting nets this year for, for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Um, so there's so much accessibility for, for great shore fishing right now to where you can get with, you know, a couple other anglers. You can all spread it on the shore, drive somewhere. You can abide by the guidelines and still have some incredible fishing. Uh, same thing with the ice. We still have a ton of ice up in the high country. Uh, we're so fortunate to have such a good ice season. Um, you know, so you go to the Anteros, the Terrials, the 11 Miles, you know, the Delaney Buttes, um, those fisheries that are open right now. And ice fishing is a great way to still, you know, have the communication, still have your buddies out there with you, but everybody be, you know, 15, 20 feet apart. Fish in a shelter by yourself. Fish outside because the night weather is so nice. Um, you know, and you can have that, that little bit of distance in there to, to make sure everybody is staying safe and healthy, uh, but still enjoy the great outdoors that Colorado just has to offer. No, I think you're absolutely right, and there is some great fishing. And this is also a great time to make it about just getting out, that don't judge every trip by the size and number of your catch. Judge it by that you got outdoors, you got some fresh air, you you got to maybe catch a fish, you got to learn a few things. It's also a good time to experiment, you know, take some new baits you haven't fished before and give them a try when you and I are around, you know, I can do them when you're not there to laugh at me, that kind of thing, you know, (laughs) but there's just a lot, a lot of that going on. Um, What, what is, um, what's the status of tight line right now? We might as well, I want to get back to more fishing opportunities, but um, you guys have a large organization. You do a lot of guiding, you do a lot of tournaments. I assume a lot of that's on hold. What's your status as a company and what, what, how, how can people keep track of where you're at? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing, man, just keep up to date on Facebook. You know, right now we're we're doing a lot of social stuff, so we're putting a lot of focus on education right now. Um, you know, so we're, we're doing a lot of videos and just trying to help everybody get educated so when we get back in full force, um, everybody is out and up to date and, you know, kind of keeping up on that. So we're trying to keep up on the bites individually, you know, so going out fishing by ourselves, uh, keeping everything up. Um, just so, again, when, when these things settle down, we can kind of swing right back into full operations. Um, you know, our first event, uh, obviously, on hand, most things have been canceled in the very near future. Um, our catch rate, which, you know, notoriously in the past, we ran League, and then we ran Bass Obsession and Walleye uh, Insanity. We ran all these bigger events, um, and we kind of put them all under the one brand of catch rate. So our open water series starts May 2nd. Uh, that's going to be at Chatfield Reservoir. Right now, that that event is a go. Everything is scheduled to be a go, but obviously I'd say as we approach uh, about two weeks from that, so mid-April, um, we'll obviously assess kind of what's going on and, and look at the best uh, best thing for the community um, and make the plans at that point in time. So I'd say everything that we're doing, uh, we're just kind of taking it in a week to two weeks strides. Um, you know, I think everything that is getting set forth by Colorado Parks and Wildlife, I think everybody's right on track. I think we're working great as a community together. Um, 
I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We don't want to do really long-range predictions uh, because I think with everything going on, everything can change so rapidly for the better or the worse. Um, you know, so the biggest thing we're doing is we're really taking things like two weeks at a time. Uh, so, again, you know, we're doing everything we can to, uh, to keep all the anglers updated on changing conditions, uh, on current bites, things like that. So even if you're not partaking on the bite, uh, at least you do kind of have the note where when you do get out there, um, you're not lost. You know where the, the walleye spawns at. You know where the, the bass bite is at. You just kind of know what the conditions are um, just to be informed when you do get back out there on the water. So doing, doing a lot of educational stuff right now. Uh, and, yeah, just kind of kind of taking the time uh, t- day by day to see what happens with it. Well, in the upcoming segments, we're going to cover um, Fishing Rivers with Kirk Dieter, who's with uh, the he's the editor of Trout Magazine, of course, a Colorado resident, accomplished angler, and Ronnie Castle, Castiglione is going to talk some about fishing some of the local ponds. But why don't you maybe, if you were headed up to one of the ice fishing destinations or one of the shore fishing, give us a few tips on how we might approach them or what we might use. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the big things, let's talk, start talking about the front range first. Uh, again, obviously the mountain bites are fantastic, but sometimes we don't want to make that two-hour commute in times like this. Um, you know, again, obviously uh, we're trying to get people to stay at home and stay close. Um, so with that being said, like your Chatfield Cherry Creek Reservoir, so start off with those two bigger bodies of water. Um, the low light period for the wall, I know we've been talking about it for three weeks, but again, I, I don't think I can emphasize how great this bite is. Um, so jerk baits, my favorite baits, uh, like a four and a half inch rogue. I uh, actually had a great segment with uh, Nine News filming this week. That's going to air Sunday evening. Uh, so if you guys just kind of kind of watch Nine News, uh, whether it's on Facebook or their channel, uh, you'll start seeing updates for that here soon. But tomorrow night that will air, uh, kind of teaching you about the walleye bites in the front range. Um, so you kind of look forward to that. But right there, four and a half inch jerk baits, low light, early and late in the day, um, anywhere where you're going to have kind of points, especially rocky points, extruding out to a little bit deeper water. Um, those walleye are, are stacked in those type areas really good. So, um, again, you just want to get out for some fresh air, maybe before the family wakes up, sneak out to one of those lakes, um, you know, fish for an hour or two, first light, last light. Um, again, you don't have to make it a, a major trip, and you're going to have success, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so I think that's probably one of the, the hottest bites that I would say I'd talk about here on the front range. Um, also, all the, I don't want to say ponds, but the ponds and lakes uh, containing largemouth bass, you know, obviously we had a little cold front come through yesterday, but as these lakes and ponds all warm up, those bass are just waiting to pop up into that shallower water. It's that time of year where they're hungry, they're getting aggressive. Um, so again, you get one nice day and those bass slide out of that deeper water or shallow water. Then um, the bass bite has been incredible going on for about 10 days now. Um, the main bite I'd say that is probably entertaining uh, is rattle bait. So lipless crankbait. You can cast them a far distance. You can really, by the speed that you're retrieval and your rod tip level, you can really adjust the height on how that bait swims. You know, real fast, high rod tip, the bait runs fairly Really shallow in the water column. Slow things down, rod tip low, real retrieve is slow, uh, and that bait's going to go much deeper. So you can have one bait cover the, the water column really well, um, and that's a, a surefire technique to catch a lot of bass right now. So again, staying close to home, you can hit one of your local ponds, especially on a warmer day, chase where that water temperature is going to be warming up, maybe wind blowing surface water over to a certain side, uh, and you're going to have a lot of bass in those areas. So that's a great bite. Uh, and 
then obviously our, our trout bite in the hills for ice fishing uh, just continues to get better. Anytime you hit that springtime condition, uh, you know, you have pre-spawn fish, you have spawning fish. I mean, 11 Mile right now has a ton of fish spawning under the ice. Uh, inside coves, anywhere we have an inlet area, um, there are a ton of fish piled up in those type areas. So whether you're looking for numbers or big fish, those fish are kind of cruising together um, and really some outstanding conditions for those big rainbows right now. So again, uh, like 11 mile, you could literally uh, make it easy. You can go to Witcher's Cove, uh, sit in four or five feet of water, have a tremendous day on big trout and numbers of trout. Uh, and Tarot is doing about the same thing. So uh, while we have that ice, if you do want to make that further trip, uh, again, uh, the rainbows right now, I'd say a second to none uh, on the ice for sure. No, there's a lot going on. It's good. Hey, have there been, how about the smallmouth bass at Chatfield? Have they started showing up? You know, we're starting to see a couple of them. Our water is still cold. Um, you know, we're fluctuating between 46 and 50 degrees. Uh, obviously, surface temperature, but it's a really nice day. It's going to be, you know, two, three more degrees. It's really when we're at 53 to 55 that those fish really pop up shallow. So, yeah, I would say prediction-wise, we're right at about 10 days um, in my opinion, if we have nice weather before that bite really becomes prevalent, we're actually seeing more activity from the largemouth coming shallow uh, than we have the smallmouth. But again, we're right on that cusp four four degrees, five degrees. Um, you know, one really nice week. I and mean, we have some warm weather coming in this week. And we have another little cold front coming. But um, those nicer days are just going to keep pushing us closer and closer. But ten days to two weeks, and that bite will uh, will be for sure happening. Two weeks guaranteed. Um, so we're close. We're not quite there on the smallmouth. Yeah, you know, and the last thing I want to say, when you if you go to any of these bites and there's a lot of people lined up on the shore, find another spot or pick another time, even if it's not ideal, because we just don't want you crowded in there. I can't emphasize that enough, Nate. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, uh, again, I think the the more that we respect the boundaries and the more that we take the time to do this, uh, obviously the shorter the process will be. I know it's hard. We all want to get out. We all want to enjoy things. Um, but again, yeah, try to respect everything, you know, stay inside, keep that contact around to a very minimal, um, don't touch things. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't spread anything. Um, and again, let's get through it. Let's knock this out so we can all get back to, uh, to the normal outdoors that we all love and enjoy. So yeah, do everything we can. Uh, again, we, we all put pitch in and, and do our part, uh, the sooner it will be over and the sooner we can get back to uh, to our normal lives. All right. When, what, where can people get a hold of you if they want more information or want to see some of your videos? Absolutely. You know, you can always watch our Facebook page, which is tightlineoutdoors.com. I know we just did a bunch of videos for Colorado Parks and Wildlife that will be popping up on their page. Uh, and then our website will be updated with all the catch rate stuff here real soon. Uh, so tightlineoutdoors.com. But Facebook's probably our, our number one, uh, you know, closest resource uh, to getting all the update information. So, again, just Tightline Outdoors on Facebook. Uh, every couple of days we'll be posting bites, videos, current conditions, things like that. So you can always follow us there. Uh, and, again, you can always just go to our website at tightlineoutdoors.com to give us a call. You can call our phone number, send us emails uh the entire staff has our contact information there and uh, yeah we'd love to talk you help you through walk you through anything you need uh, and look forward to getting everybody on the water here soon all right my friend you uh stay safe stay healthy but enjoy the outdoors and we will talk to you next week we'll talk to you soon thanks all right nate Zelinsky, always a great resource we've got a couple other great resources coming up yet uh in the next segment kirk dieter from trout magazine and uh also, you know, with the official magazine on Trout Unlimited, also with uh, field editor for Field and Stream, will join us. And after that, Ronnie Castiglione from uh, Fishful Thinker will join us. So lots more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.
You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, broadcasting live from our palatial studios in Fort Collins, Colorado. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us, um, he's the editor of Trout Magazine. He's an editor-at-large for Field and & Stream. And if I go on with this entire resume, we'll eat up the whole segment, Mr. Kurt Dieter. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing okay. These are uh, unique times, my friend. No, no doubt about it. No doubt. It's, um, uh, before we go ahead. Well, you know, I, I was just talking to my son, and, and it is a good chance to buckle down and do some of the things that you've been procrastinating on the list. And today, I've spent the morning cleaning and dressing all the fly lines on my fly reels. So. Okay, for a minute I thought you were going to say you were doing stuff around the house and wanted to warn you that Karen's listening. You could set a bad example. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. No, no, no. Well, one, you, you won't believe it, but one day in the middle of the day, my neighbor was out cutting the lawn where Karen could see him and think other husbands would do that. <laughs> Why? Why? I, I had to have a talk with him. I said, you know, if you're going to cut it yourself, at least do it at dusk when she can't see you. <laughs> That's right. I mean, come on. I mean, you're stuck at home. Just let's not turn this into something ridiculous, you know. Do it after happy hour when she can, you can blame it on a mirage or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, in all honesty, my friend, obviously we're all adapting. I want to get to some things fly anglers can do while they're home and some places they can still get out and fish and talk about what you've heard about some of the rivers. But before that, let's kind of come up to speed. I think Trout Unlimited has been uh, very involved, and uh, did you are you having some governmental contact about keeping fishing open? Tell me what's going on. Well, we want to encourage people to fish and be uh, obviously stay socially distant and stay at home means stay at home in places like Colorado, but in different parts of the country, they're not quite there yet. Um, and if you can fish responsibly, even here in the state, um, you know, walk to fish. It's certainly a good way to get your mind off of all the other stuff that's going on. But, you know, you, you need to be careful about this. Tune into what the government's telling you, state government, particularly the CDC, um, others, and just do it the right way. And, and one thing that I would want to make a point of is you don't really want to be getting in a boat right now with other folks unless they're your family members and part of your core group that you're with. You know what I mean? So no, beyond I that, completely yeah, beyond that, we're, we're we're working towards what's happening next, you know, when we come out of this. And we still have to make sure that the waters are clean, and we've got to work on some um, programs. We, we don't know exactly when this is all going to blow over, but we know it will. And we want to be have people healthy and get through all this, but then on the other side, we want to make sure that they're uh, out on the water and enjoying themselves as well. And, you know, and there are going to be opportunities even during this, even today, for people to get out and do some things if, if they do it within the rules and responsibly. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I know you have a lot of tips because, you know, fly fishing is, uh, you know, fly fishing and conventional both, uh, are, they're gear junkies. And I know the, the, the conventional fishermen are going through their baits, they're sorting, they're checking their reels. But there's a lot that a fly fisherman can do. There's almost more because of tying and videos, kind of take us through some of the things that you do as a fly fisherman at home during these times to keep you kind of, you know, in the fishing involved, but still staying home. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I definitely am tying out more flies now than I have in a long time and typically tie in the winter and spring while I'm looking forward to the season. But 
now that I've got extra time on my hands and I'm at home, I'm tying more patterns and branching out. And the interesting thing is you can go online now, and a lot of companies like Umqua, and uh, TU is working with Umqua to um, pr promote, and, and they've got a, um, a fly tying series with great tires like Charlie Craven and so on, Pat Dorsey and others. Um, and it'll be on, you check it out on Instagram and Facebook and so on and so forth. But check out what Umqua is doing. And you can watch these awesome tires tie, and then you can try to emulate them. And if you don't hit it live, you can, you know, look at the archive stuff. And so my point is that there's more instructional stuff on tying flies now that you can find than, than I can ever remember in my life. So that's one thing. Oh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And tying flies, um, I don't know if I've ever told you my fly tying story, but it's something that, it gets you more involved. There's something about tying a fly, catching a fish on the fly you tied, but also as you get, and that's for more of the beginners, but as you get advanced, you know, as you start tweaking patterns and get confidence in them and feel like you've really, there, there's a certain sense of accomplishment that comes along with that. And then you can start getting creative and you don't have, and you know, people will have a style, but watching the MQA videos, watching, you know, p other people can really give you just, Little little nuance changes in, that you can incorporate into your style. They can they can be fun to incorporate in, but they can also help you make flies maybe you had trouble with before. Exactly, it's just like a recipe if you're cooking. You know, you might want a little more garlic in yours than I do, and same you might want a little more red on the tail of that grasshopper fly that you're tying. But find what you like, and it's your own signature bug. There is nothing more satisfying in the fly fishing world than hooking a fish, a big fish, on a fly that you tied. And now's a chance to build your arsenal. Now, i got to tell you really quick my story. Um, I came from the conventional side. I got into fly fishing, I mean, you know, maybe uh, 25, 30 years ago. But, but I, So I fly fished quite a bit since then. But I got into fly tying a little later than that, and that's been about 20 years ago. And But I knew that doing TV, radio, magazines, writing for the newspapers and things, I had to tie enough to at least understand tying so I could talk about it. So I made, of course, all the early flies that every beginner ties, and I decided that I was going to make an elk hair caddis, mm. you know, pack the hair and everything else, which can be, you know, a major step. Well, when I got done packing all that hair and tying it, what I came up with looked nothing like an elk hair caddis. I have no idea what it looked like because it kind of blew up on me. <laughs> but I put it in my fly box anyway. And Karen was just learning to fly fish, my wife and producer, of course. And we were actually going up to film a segment at Rocky Mountain National Park on just fishing the small streams. And she was going to, when she wasn't filming, she was going to do some fly fishing for one of the first times. And she was just going to, and this is a good, uh, a, a good reminder to people that you don't have to be an expert to catch fish. She was going to water load the rod, let the line go downstream and then just let the water load and flip it up ahead of her upstream. And she said, well, why don't you tie on something that if it breaks off, you don't care right away because I don't want to lose all your flies. So I tied that ugly thing that looked like, I don't know what on. And of course, then I've got these more precise flies and I'm, you know, 20 yards downstream from her, and I'm making what I think are these great drifts, and I'm putting it right in the seam, and I'm mending my line. And, you know, she's ahead of me now about five to one. Oh, at least. Oh, she, yeah, and she, she would be anyway, but fish. sometimes it's those always... unexpected flies, and, of course, women yeah. are better anglers than men just generally. So, 
Well, then, then I tried to find something in my fly box that might work, and it was compartmentalized fly box, not a foam. And I dumped about 50 flies in the river, and I was getting a good drift on them then because they got hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's get back. Let's get back to. I want to finish up, kind of, um, what some other things people can do. Then I want to put you on hold and come back and talk a little bit about maybe some opportunities that are out there. So if you're not into fly tying or if you're just getting into it. You know, there's tons of books and videos out there, aren't there? There's tons of books. There's tons of videos. You can do other things branching out of the fly fishing. For me, you know, I'm sharpening my knives now uh, for the season. I'm I'm practicing my duck call. Um, and most importantly, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with my dog. And you don't have to be way out in the field to work with a dog. And, and uh, we're working on woe commands every time we go in and out the door. We woe. Um, dogs, you know, we, we humans are all stressed out about this, but the, the dogs that we're staying home with think that this is the best thing that's ever happened to them. And so that's my, where my dog is and working with dogs, checking out videos, duck calling, sharpening your knives, organize your, your equipment, dress your fly line, just use soapy water, clean your fly line. You, you'll save yourself a, hundreds of dollars on rods because you'll rediscover that you can cast better with a clean oh. fly line. Just little stuff oh. like that to keep you busy and your mind occupied. If you can't get on the water yet, but you're going to be able to get on the water sometime soon. Does Trout Unlimited have some uh, resources that people should tap into? Absolutely. Thanks for asking. If people go to tu.org. You'll see right on our front page as you start scrolling around. We've got activities that you can do with kids, teaching kids how to tie, you know, uh, mini stream uh, like scavenger hunts that you can do or different things to keep everybody as a family working and, and thinking about being outside. There's lots of resources and that's at tu.org. I'm going to put you on hold real quick, Kirk, and I want to come back and I'll give you a chance to think about it because you can still fish. You have to be socially responsible. In fact, they're encouraging getting outdoors and doing some activities, but you have to do it within the guidelines. Maybe when we come back, you can tell us a few places you might recommend that people could go and, and do a little fly fishing. Yeah, sure, for sure. All right, well, we'll put Kirk Dreeter on hold, and we'll come back on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are talking to Kirk Dieter from uh, Trout Magazine and from Field and Stream. Let's go right back to the phones. And, Kirk, we talked a lot about things people can do indoors and uh, things, activities, books, videos, following some of their things at TU, and there's just a lot. But some people just need to get outdoors. And maybe it's just a walk outdoors through a, a trail. Or maybe it's a, a, a just a, a bike ride. But the course need to do it socially responsibly. But they're also, Parks and Wildlife is actually encouraging people to get out and do some fishing. And the state has not shut down fishing um, you have to be careful, stay within the guidelines, but do you have some recommendations where maybe if I wanted to go out and just throw a fly line a little bit, I might go? Yeah, you know, in fact, now is the time, I think, to tune in with the with the state parks, and I would focus on the flat water. And that the reason being you can space your way around other people easily on lakes and ponds and so on and so forth. I've got a pond at a state park not far from where I live that, you know, you can go up and you can make some casts and they've 
stocked it and there's some trout. It's a good it's a good way to escape. But what I would do is individually tune in to the state parks. And another thing that I would do is that go ahead and call your fly shop. I I'm really happy to hear how you're supporting your sponsors and getting, urging people to still talk to them and do business with them. Well, it's the same with the the fly shops. They're all feeling it, but they're a lot of them are open for business. A lot of them are not maybe walk in open, but if you order online or you get on the phone with them, they'll leave you a care package outside and you know you pay for it in advance and of course you have to you treat it and disinfect and all any gear that you buy, all that stuff. But I would talk to the fly shops and they'll have good ideas and uh, they need your business now more than ever. Um so that's my two cents on that too. Yeah, I think it's anything you can do to support the industries that service you or that you take advantage, you know, whether they're partners to this show or, you know, people you hear here. Um, we hear all the time people like um, the Blue Quill Angler comes on and gives reports all the time. Kirk's up in Estes, but I think Estes is pretty pretty shut down. But, you know, call them. You can go online. You can, tell, you can call them and get information. There's usually somebody still answering the phone and they usually have a lot of good information. And you can go to some of the rivers as long as you're not supposed to drive long distances. But they are encouraging you to get out. And I think, you know, you, you can't carpool with a bunch of people if you go somewhere. But I was talking earlier to Nate Zielinski, and we were talking about how, you know, we always, us being in industry, and you experience that, and Nate does and I do, that we don't get much time of solitude fishing. where We just go by ourselves and play around and work on little nuances and stuff because we're usually with somebody, we're on camera, we're doing a shoot, we're, we're with a partner, we're... Uh, uh, you know, corporate partner or something. So we're kind of on all the time. So I kind of, I kind of relish that little bit of time where I just the solitude of just even it's a small pond or the edge of a river or the edge of a reservoir close to your house, and just just taking that time to work on a few techniques and just be outdoors, even if you don't necessarily catch anything. Cause... Yeah, that's exactly right. And another another wrinkle to that is not only clearing your head and thinking about things when you're out there by yourself, but if you're with a close family member, I know my son is back from college now unexpectedly, but he's under the same roof as us, and we're we're working. And now, you know, when when we get the green light to get out there and do things, guess who's going to be rowing the boat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. You're absolutely absolutely right, Kirk. Last comments about maybe to you or anything that we're going to let you go. Well, I pre- just appreciate. It. I want everyone to stay healthy and. Call me and let me know if you need anything or any of that. And uh, it's always good to talk to you, Terry. I really appreciate it. All right, my friend. You stay safe and healthy. Make sure you get a little bit of outdoor activity and just do it the right way. I will indeed. You do the same. All right. We're going to take a quick time out. Then Ronnie Castiglione is going to join us and talk about how he fishes some of these ponds. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. The Eagles, I was supposed to be at their concert this last week, but it has been rescheduled. Still looking forward to it. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. Joining us from the Fishbowl Thinker Group is Ronnie Castiglione. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Mr. Terry Wickstrom. How are you this morning? You know, I'm doing okay. We're trying to be socially conscious. We're trying to do the right thing, and uh, but also help people get out and 
at least try to enjoy the outdoors, but make sure they do it very responsibly. And that's what we're going to probably be up to the next couple of weeks. And I know that you are a big fan of fishing, as I am, of fishing these ponds early. And almost everybody has some ponds near their house where you can just walk a trail or take a short drive. And before we even get started, if you go to a pond and there's a bunch of people there, don't go shoulder to shoulder. We don't want to get them closed but you're going to find times and ponds where there's nobody fishing or there's only a couple of people and you can spread out on the shore. How do I approach these ponds, Ronnie? Well, you know, spreading out on the ponds is, is kind of always a good idea, Terry, not just right now. Uh, you know, just in general, if, if you're within a cast length of, of another angler, then I, I think you're too close on any given day. But nowadays, yes, it's definitely something we want to pay attention to. We want to we want to try to spread out. And, you know, and one of the biggest tips I give people when I talk to them about fishing the ponds is, is one, to stay very, very mobile. You know, travel light. Do not show up with an ice chest and a big old heavy tackle box and a chair and all that kind of good stuff and plant yourself in one spot for the day. Show up and uh, travel light. Make sure that you can walk, that you don't don't have anything with you that you have to put down on the ground, a satchel-style soft-sided tackle box or just enough stuff that you can put in your pockets. That way you can uh, just travel around. You're not putting anything on the ground. You don't have to worry about cross-contamination or anything like that with the equipment you're using. Um, you'll find in general that when you show up to these ponds, uh, you know, a lot of people tend to fish right by the parking areas, the easy access spots. And my general opinion is that usually the best fishing is in the harder stuff to get to the stuff that takes a little while to walk out to the, you know, the far side of the pond, the area of the pond that just doesn't get a lot of traffic. So, you know, that's going to lead to you not being around a lot of people and it's going to allow you to get a little bit of exercise as well when you're getting out there and you're hiking around these ponds, um, which is also going to be good and important for you with, with the things that are going on. But there is an excellent opportunity to get out right now and for the next few weeks, you know, some of the best fish in the state is going to be in some of these smaller ponds, Terry. Right, and they're so quick to warm up because they're smaller bodies of water. And I always tell people, depending on what you want to fish for, check the stocking report. If the pond was big enough where it received some trout, they're going to be probably within casting distance and easy to catch, and that'll be the best in the spring. But then the bass and the panfish take off, and I think that's a lot of the reason you and I go to the ponds. And you can just have some phenomenal success because almost all these ponds, Ronnie, are have sustained populations of bass and panfish. Yeah, absolutely. And what you'll find is that, you know, right now it's it's going to be more of the reaction-style baits that are going to get you the, the bites anyhow. So it's not going to be sitting and, and floating something under a bobber and not moving, that kind of a thing. It's going to be getting out and working a bait like a lipless crankbait around the around the lake and, and throwing that thing out to the grass lines and ripping it back and letting it fall, that sort of a thing. A shallow-running jerkbait is also an excellent choice right now to cover a lot of water and, to, you know, to trigger some of those reaction strikes from some of these fish where the water temperatures a little bit colder you know in these smaller ponds it does only take a couple days of uh, you know some good sun to really warm the water temperatures up and when that water gets a little bit warmer now you can go to things like a like a chatterbait it's an excellent choice for for fishing a pond from the shore uh, you're not going to snag a chatterbait a whole heck of a lot because there's not a lot of big hooks hanging off a chatterbait and it's it's relatively weedless so you're going to be able to throw that chatterbait in and around a lot of the cover and, and not snag it you know a uh, next thing that i would be looking at is the water temperature warm even a little bit more is going to be uh, something like a spinnerbait. You know, a spinnerbait's an excellent choice early in the year. Just slow rolling a spinnerbait, real shallow, 
Um, you know, and you, a lot of times you can you can see the strikes on a spinnerbait. You know, as that spinnerbait's working its way through the water, you can kind of see it at a distance into the water, and you can see a big flash come up from under it, and see those largemouth come up and get those kind of baits. You know, those are excellent choices for covering water this time of year, for working your way around a body of water, for not staying in one spot and having a bunch of people sneak up next to you. Um, you know, so it's a good time to get out and do that if you can, Terry. No, you're absolutely right. And it's a, you know, I think I want to get to equipment real quick while we still got quite a bit of time left here. When you decide you're going out, you're going to have to look, and I know you'll agree and you'll give us some recommendations. Look at the size and types of baits you're going to throw and how well you can handle a piece of equipment. If you're going to be throwing big chatter baits and spinner baits and those kind of things and fairly good sized ones, you might want to go with a bait caster, but then make sure you take lures with you that you can handle with a bait casting setup, or if you're not proficient, a heavier spinning rod. But if you're going to throw a bunch of smaller presentations, maybe you're going to chase trout and panfish more, take a lighter spinning rod. Don't take another rod. But like you said, don't take a lot of gear. You have to sit down and kind of kind of get in your mindset of what kind of lures you're going to throw and how you're going to target them so you can keep that gear to a minimum. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one rod, maybe two at the most carry. A lot of times I get away with just carrying one rod with me, but I do, I do tend to make it the rod that I feel like can, I can cover the most presentations with if I'm going to go with just one rod. So a lot of times if it's just the one rod adventure, I'm going to be utilizing a, you know, a medium to medium heavy spinning rod, maybe something that's a six, six to seven foot rod. And uh, I'm probably going to opt to have something like a super line on my spinning reel, like a braid, maybe in that 15 to 17 maybe 20 pound test somewhere in that range carry you know with that kind of setup right there you can you can still get away and cast relatively light lures something in that eight ounce range you know or maybe up to a quarter ounce you're going to be able to cast those pretty good but with that 17 pound or maybe 20 pound braid you'll also still be able to throw some of the some of the heavier presentations like a half ounce spinnerbait or a three quarter ounce chatterbait something like that no problem at all terry um you know you just want maybe certain circumstances if you're dealing with relatively clear water you're going to want to you know change a leader out put a leader on that braid and maybe just adapt the pound test leader to the presentation that you're utilizing um if you're if you're finding that the pond has relatively uh stained water you know it's it's pretty kind of green sort of a thing which you'll find in a lot of ponds uh, you, you don't necessarily need a leader in that circumstance the braid will just be fine just tied straight to it in a lot of circumstances so travel light you know one of the things i always tell people is uh is i i really like I really like the satchel style uh, tackle bags that you can wear around your shoulder like a creel terry as opposed to a backpack or something like that that a lot of people utilize. The main reason I, I really like that satchel style tackle bag is that I can stand and rig a presentation and pull my tackle out and tie a presentation on and do everything just standing right there, Terry, so I don't have to put any equipment down on the ground. I don't have to do anything like that. When I'm fishing the rivers, that, that that's a big key, you know, because I like to get out. I like to wade the rivers when I'm fishing the rivers up high for trout and that sort of a thing. And, and I like to have that side satchel bag so that I can just stay out there in the river and I don't have to wade back to shore to try to re-rig and tie a leader on or change my presentation. So, you know, just think about those kind of things. Think about being mobile. Uh, think about not touching a lot of surfaces and that sort of a thing, Terry, and, and just the social distancing that we're all trying to do. You know, fishing is one of those sports where you can absolutely do it on your own, and you really don't have to buddy right up next to somebody. You can definitely get out and get away from people 
And, uh, you know, it's also an opportunity right now to be responsible, but you can absolutely be harvesting some fish. So maybe maybe you're somebody who's uh, getting a little low on income, you know, like a lot of us are. Uh, you know, it is the time to go ahead and get out there and harvest some of those stalker trout. That's why they put them in there. They put them in there so that you can get out there and, and you can feed yourself with them, Terry. So I'm all for that with what's going on right now. Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things is the tackle, too. You don't have to be a fly fisherman to have a fly vest. Lots of pockets. A lot of times I'll take one of my – I've got a myriad of different tackle options, but a lot of times if I'm just going to a pond, I'll throw a fly vest on and throw some soft plastics in one pocket and a few hooks in another inside a plastic bag or a little hard container, and and then I'll I'll throw a couple hard baits in a small box in another pocket, and I'm set to go. So there's a lot of ways to approach it. Another way I like to approach the small ponds, too, is we – and this is going to be more maybe down in a few weeks, but a lot of times I'll take a small plastic bait that I can rig weedless. And you talked about fishing where other people don't fish. Now you, you can cover water. You can throw from areas that people don't fish. Some of the biggest fish I've caught have been close to areas that are popular, but extremely weedy, extremely snaggy. And if you learn how to fish a weedless rig piece of plastic through those areas, you'll cast that bait in places that have never seen a bait before, Ronnie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, look up or learn how to how to Texas rig a presentation or to we, or weedless rig a presentation, something like that, like you're talking about. You know, one of the other big tips that I give people a lot of times, and it kind of goes with what you're saying, Terry, is when you're fishing ponds, uh, you have a tendency to see unexperienced people pull up to a pond and, and, and cast out as far as they can. You know, that's kind of their, their MO. They're, they're casting straight out as far as you can. Um, when I fish a pond, Terry, I'm trying to parallel the bank as much as possible and cast up shallow to the bank, cast to the presentation as much as possible, as much as the topography will allow me to do it. Um, with these warm water species that we're talking about, the the, the largemouth are going to be coming shallow here as, as it warms up. They're going to be wanting to be within just a few inches of the bank a lot of times. And the bluegills are going to be right there behind them as well, you know, and the, the catfish that are in a lot of these ponds are going to be right up there shallow as well a lot of the times, Terry. And, you know, uh, recently here at Boyd, I can give you an example of just that thing. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have been fishing the shore from Boyd for the last few weeks, Terry, and we've been out on the boat and we've had no problem catching fish every time we've been out there. And one of the things I'm seeing is that same scenario. I see people that are standing on the shore and they're just out there trying to catch the trout, but they're casting straight out as far as they can, Terry. And, and we're catching the trout within three feet of the bank, anywhere where we go, Terry. Those trout are very, very shallow around the lake like Boyd right now. So make those parallel casts, cast into that cover, cast into that stuff and like you're saying just have the right equipment and know how to rig the presentation so that you're not just snagging and losing a bunch of tackle oh you're absolutely right ronnie ronnie we probably should wrap it up i got a little bit of housekeeping i got to do but great to have you on make sure you and your family stay safe and healthy and still find time to enjoy some form of the outdoors well, you all too, Terry. I hope you guys stay safe. And I know uh, if I run short on wine, I know who's hoarding it. So I can always come to your house and find a bottle. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thank you, You're Ronnie. that guy, we'll Terry. You're the wine hoarder. I know it's you. <laughs> we, will, we don't need toilet paper. We have wine. We'll see. <laughs> there, you, there you go, buddy. Yeah. Maybe I'll trade you a, a roll for a bottle. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll talk to you very soon, Ronnie. Stay safe. All right. Have a good one. You bet, the Ronnie Castiglione. Great source. You know, we have great resources on the show, and we're going to keep bringing you as much information as we can. I do want to mention a couple of things. I mentioned A&A Toppers early in the show. They have gone to Monday through Friday on A&A Toppers. So, um, and I mentioned some fly shops like Kirk's and stuff. Most of them 
are open. Kirk's has somebody in there answering the phone from 10 to 2 if you need to give them a call. Um, so a lot of places, there's a way to access them online or by phone. A lot of people live in these places or one person is at work. They're not really necessarily open to walk in. So take advantage of that and talk to people. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, Dan Jacobs will be following us. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour on 104.3 The Fan. Perfect.